hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. What a week, am I right? Fucking <laughs> Scorpio full moon or new moon, whatever the fuck it hey. is. In my feelings hey. these past few days. Don't talk shit about Scorpios. I'm just saying it is something's going on in the stars this week. That's all I gotta say. I I'm fucking old. That's what happened. I got old and <laughs> it's my fucking wrath that you're feeling. No. Um I'm just Happy kidding, belated. actually. Thank you. I, um, yesterday was fucking chaotic, but no, I actually like love my thirties. I need to be very clear about that. I, I am loving my early thirties. I think I'm just really fucking scared. Like once I hit 35, I don't know how I'm going to make it through the day. Cause I'm very scared for that day, but, um, no, I agree. This week has been annoying. It's so annoying, but, um, yeah, I mean, did. the only great thing about this week is that it was, um, your birthday yesterday. Yesterday? Yes, yesterday. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, it was my birthday. And it was Kendall Jenner's birthday because she's my birthday twin. Happy birthday, Kenny. Oh my God. I was about to be like, fuck Kendall. No, but um, I actually what? do like, I do actually like Kenny. I love I was her. Um, oh, that's so funny. I didn't know that actually. How did I not know that? I feel like I'm always on TikTok and Instagram. I assumed that it would come up at some point, but it didn't. Okay. I don't know how you don't know that because I talk about it a lot. <laughs> I was like That's searching true. for my birthday twin for a long time. And then I discovered it was Kendall fucking Jenner. And I was like, Wait a holy minute. shit. No, this I is amazing. who my birthday twin is. Oh, it's actually a really fun exercise. There are a couple of other people, but she's the only one that I care about that I remember. What? No, I just, now I'm like curious who has like my, who's my birthday twin. I don't know. Um, it looks like Gary Oldman. Interesting. Okay. I don't know who that is. You don't, girl. You know who Gary Oldman is. Oh my god. Do I? Who else? Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> oh, that's exciting. And Matthew Bra- Broderick. Oh. Oh my God. Wow. So there aren't many celebrities um, who were born on March 21st. That's interesting. Scott Eastwood, Kevin Federline. I mean, oh, he didn't pop up when I um, originally looked it up. That's who I found. Um, Wow. You really don't have a very popular birthday. See, I don't know if I would love that or hate that. I think I love it because that means that, like, you know, soon people will uh, see me on that list and be like, oh, my God, I share my birthday. Yeah, they will. What I want to see. So mine is my birthday twins are, of course, Kendall Jenner, the one I really care about, Dolph Lundgren, Anna Wintour. (gasps) How did I not know that? Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Anna Wintour. Hmm, I can see Um, Who else? Who else? Who else? Roseanne. Oh, fuckers. (laughs) Colin Kaepernick, 
Oh my God. Wow. A bunch of people. I don't know. Ember, Meiji. Yeah. I don't really know these other people. So who the fuck is Ben Fogel? Anyway, Kendall Jenner and Anna Wintour. I'm done. I'm dead. We're good. I don't need to know anybody else now. Um, But no, I feel like this week has been a little bit wild and very excited to hang out this weekend. So I know I cannot wait. Content out there. I know. We're, we're going to learn how to use the TikTok. The TikToks. The TikTok, because I'm 107,000 <laughs> years old now and I don't belong on the TikTok. No, on TikTok. The cool um, kids call it the clock app now. Thank you very much. Yes. Do they really? Yeah. A lot of people reference it as the clock app because TikTok, TikTok. Get it? No, I understand the reference, <laughs> but I just didn't know that. And I think that's kind of like I get it, but don't get why but anyway um yeah and okay. i'm actually kind of excited for us to do some like behind the scenes footage too of our uh, shenanigans last weekend it's gonna be great let's let's see let's see i feel like the last time you were here for a fucking rager a rager it was and we all hated ourselves it was actually a really wild night um yeah, I just remember people like wanting to leave and then you ended up like hooking them back in and they didn't leave until like five hours later after the fact. Like, yeah, yeah it was a, it was a fun one. I don't think I've seen Mark that drunk throughout the entirety of our French. Actually, no, that's a lie. Um, he was drunk in Paso. Not this most recent trip, but like for your birthday years ago. Oh, God. Yeah, I feel like he gets like this, like maybe like once every other year. He was, yeah. he was he was, he was a on good one. one. He, was he was on one. Apparently, he like doesn't remember anything beyond like two p.m. and he was like cooking, oh, which is a little alarming because <laughs> that's why he has like a pizza burn on his stomach now, like a scar because he burned himself with the cheese. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Let's hope that doesn't happen. We're catering this time. So. <laughs> um, let's hope that does not happen. Um, oh, yeah, Mark. Um, yeah, I mean, scars with a memory—that's important, right? Tell your kids later down the line, look at this right here. Your dad was an fun idiot one. when he was younger. We were fun <laughs> ones and daddy was making a pizza and <laughs> burned himself on the bucket cheese. Um, no, this is classy. I'm I'm 32 now. Can't be having blacked out ragers. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> Pretty sure you're going to be well in your 50s and still having blackout ragers. Let's be real. Let's fucking hope. <laughs> <laughs> Here's hoping, guys. Here's the hoping. Um, um, okay. On that note, okay. I think we should do our basic bitch quickies. Okay. Um, I only have one for this week, um, okay. and I figured we could give ourselves five minutes to talk about it because I have a lot to say. Um, and for those of you who may be joining us for the first time, our basic bitch quickies is where we do sort of a lightning round of top headlines from the week, and we give our sort of top of mind thoughts about it. Um, are you ready, Alina? I am ready. Let's do it. Okay. So there's so many headlines about this. So I just pulled the names that are a necessity to understand the whole story. Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. All right. Here we fucking go. Okay. Started <laughs> five minutes on the clock. Um, so last I heard, they were claiming that they're just best friends, but then I saw like a an article I didn't click on it that was like Kate Beckinsale dishes on how Pete gets all the girls or something. I think it was on Press Hilton. 
Um, I haven't read it yet, but so are they together? Are they not together? Are they dating? Do we know? It's so interesting. There's like so much on like TikTok and Instagram and all that where people are just like, clearly Courtney couldn't get all the attention. And Kim was like, hold my beer. I'm going to like, I have to outdo you. Um, But I have a few thoughts about this. I honestly think that this is just um, advertising or PR leading up to their Hulu special that's coming out, I think, in December timeframe. Um, I also think that her and Pete connected on SNL. Supposedly they did dinner in in Staten Island this week. There's no fucking way Kim Kardashian went to Staten Island. I don't even go to Staten Island. There was an article that came out uh, today about it. La, 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 la. Um, I find all of this to be quite hilarious. I think it's just like a publicity stunt. I don't think that they're actually together. But... I could also be very wrong and, uh, you know, she could very much be in love with the white skinny dude with the big D. Um, I will preface though, what I found surprising recently about Kim is that apparently her and Travis like had a little thing before. What? Apparently when she used to be Paris's personal like dress person or I guess personal personal, assistant, personal assistant, um, her and Travis like used to like flirt back and forth and there was like a thing and his like ex- well, then wife found out about it um, and he just like had to stop. Nothing happened between them, but there was like a growing chemistry. He wrote about it apparently in his memoir. Or autobiography. Or he has a memoir? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so like the fact that he's with Courtney is weird. Interesting and kind of weird, but it also tells me a little bit that like maybe we don't know all that about him. Maybe she doesn't just love the athletes. There's a little bit more there. So, you know, it could go either way, but I am a little bit more leaning towards it being a publicity stunt. So I didn't realize that the Hulu special or what show was coming out this soon. Um, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Given, you know, Chris Jenner is the fucking mother of all marketing. Um, <laughs> I just really want her to manage us one day. Like she's queen. <sighs> queen. Chris, me and your daughter have the same fucking birthday. Like it's <laughs> meant to be. I mean, come on. No, but um, honestly... I don't know. I don't know what I think about Pete Davidson. I do not think he's hot. I can tell you that. That is like for a fact. I don't think he's hot. Um, I don't really care if you have a big dick. I just, I, I guess I, I feel like he has big dick energy though. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't, so I've seen him in that, what's that movie? Um, King of Staten Island. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a single most obnoxious character that has ever graced my television screen. And I was so irritated and Mark was loving it. And he like made me watch the whole thing. I, do you think he's like that in real life? Because if so, I hate him. It's supposed to be like about his life, right? Uh, so I haven't watched that movie. Oh. Um, he isn't really my type. I haven't watched any of his stand-up comedy. Um, oh, I only right. know him from, you know, some snippets on SNL. And um, mainly know him through his like relationship with Ariana Grande. Um, that is when he became a thing, so... Yeah, I mean, he was a thing before, but definitely Ariana skyrocketed him to, in a way that, like, he wasn't in the know before. Um, yeah, I, I I, don't think he... He's not my type. I'll just say that. Um, I'm sure others think he's very attractive. I also have, like, weird tastes in men, too. Like, I like Tom Hiddleston, and you don't think that that's quite an attractive type. So... Um, <laughs> no, I'm not I'm really sure. into, like... Like, he's so pale. Which one? Both of them, actually. Both of them. <laughs> now, now that you're saying it, no. No, I do have a fucking type. So 
You do. You very yeah, much so do. I very, very, very much do. And this is my new obsession. I don't know if you watch Winter House on Bravo. No, I have not watched Winter House on Bravo. What's this guy's name? Um, I'm going to send you. This is this is like my type to a T. And this is the only reason that you should watch this fucking show. His name is Andrea. He's from Italy. And I, I get your phone out. Open nope, it's up out. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Girl. Oh, on Insta. That is my fucking type. Tall, dark, handsome, Italian, uh, jawline. Uh, like, uh, yeah, that's so, <laughs> so I showed Mark. Oh, um, anyway, I feel like, wait, wait, before we talk a little bit more about my new like obsession, we should finish this thought. Um, so you think it's a publicity son? I guess I'm inclined to think that that's what it is. But maybe Kim was like, ooh, Courtney found such love with this guy that nobody expected her to. Maybe I should try to think outside the box. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, also, this guy reminds me of, um, what's his name, Luis from, um, I think he was like in the third season of like Million Dollar no. Listing New York or whatever. Way. Kind of. There's like a little bit there. Like I mean, in that they're both very, okay, fine. I get it. In that they're both very fucking Metro, but no, yeah. no, 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 no. This guy is very different. He brings Paige coffee in bed, Paige and Sierra coffee in bed every single day. And um, he's definitely not like a loyal guy. I know, but he's, he's not a loyal guy. Is that what you just said? No, he definitely fucks like everything that looks in a general direction. And I mean, look Fair at enough. him. Um, no, but I love him. So Mark was like, oh my God, like this is because this is your new get out of jail card, uh, get out of jail free card. And I was like a hundred fucking percent. Steve Gold, dad is out. Andrea, you're in. <laughs> Um, call me. No, I'm joking. Um, but not joking. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but I said to Mark, I was like, you kind of like have like similar features, right? Like you have that like Mediterranean look. I mean, no, you know, like you like him Italian looking. Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. It's mm-hmm. like the Italian looking boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the only difference though is that Mark has an ass on yeah. him, while like most of these other men, I mean. Well, most men don't have asses on them. So I think that's, that's just true. it. That most men true. don't have like like a fat fucking dog that's, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but anyway, that's um, why I've been watching Winter House. This is a little bit much. <laughs> yeah, but come on. It's Christmas. It's my favorite. He's a model. He didn't put that on himself. Anyway. Okay. So moving okay. on, moving on, moving on. You just um, love the thirst wait. traps. I don't think I'd be able to handle a man who was like all up in social media like that. I don't know if I could do it. Can you imagine like what his DMs look like? No. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what that's like because nobody fucking DMs me besides you. So it's fun. Okay. Anyway. So season three of you, Mm -hmm. it was released on October 15th. Yes. The fact that you had to play catch up and had not watched it. um, I was shocked. I know. I really thought that this is like, would have been your style because it's like psychological thriller. It's yeah, you know, it's it's not your typical. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, look, I'd heard about the show and saw the trailers, but never truly felt called to it. Um, it, I was like, oh, it like looks interesting, but it's just you know, there's so much content out there nowadays. It's so hard to just like 
if something doesn't like immediately grab you, grab you, I'm always like, "Eh, it'll just be on my list and I'll get to it when I get to it. Um, So I didn't really watch it until you told me to watch it. Um, And it reminds me a lot of Dexter to like some degree. Uh, And I used to love Dexter when it first came out, like loved it. So I never watched Dexter. Oh, interesting. But I know it's about like a guy that's like a serial killer, right? So in Dexter, he is, he works in the forensics department. He's like a blood analyst for a forensics department uh, for the police force um, in the city that he's in. And what he does is, is he kills people who are bad. So he is a killer, oh, but he yes, only kills yes. really bad people. Like he's the executioner, judge, jury, and executioner kind of stuff. Got it. And every season is like him almost getting caught while still trying to live a normal life, while like hiding the secret that he's secretly a killer, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. While being like a loving and doting uncle, but then like secretly yeah, yeah, yeah. killing people at night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I, I guess I could kind of sort of maybe not really, but you uh, see the relation. But for those of you who maybe haven't watched the show, it focuses on this guy, Joe Goldsberg, who's kind of like, I don't know, I guess he's meant to look attractive in my eyes. I think he's kind of a little bit of an average show. Um, ah, you got the pun? That wasn't meant to be at all, um, <laughs> What a knee slapper that was. <laughs> and so he is, I guess in the first season, he's like a books, a bookstore manager. Mm-hmm. Although you later find out kind of how that happens and how he wound up working for that store. Um, I won't divulge any spoilers because I don't think you've finished the third episode. Oh, third. I've watched all three seasons. I've gone through. Oh, you watched all three seasons. Okay. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. sorry. I didn't realize that you did. So <laughs> as you know, like the way that he wound up in this bookstore was that he was an orphan, abandoned by his mom. And um, I guess this bookstore owner brought, you know, took him in and kind of let him live there basically. So anyway, he loves books. He's really, really smart. Um, and then he just has this, like, he's a, he's a stalker, right? He's obsessive over women. And he, you later find out that he try, he accidentally like hit his ex-girlfriend Candace and then thought he killed her. And so he just like covered up the body, but buried her alive. And then lo and behold, she was alive, got out. Cause you know, that's the thing. Um, and then he just continues to like index and kind of like obsess over specific women and then you know sooner or later he ends up killing them right so he ends up being a stalker turned boyfriend turned killer um and then by the time season three rolls around he's now killed i don't even know how many people believing that he i think i actually watched something on this i think it's like nine people or something like that Mm-hmm. But, um, believing that he's doing it to protect the woman that he loves, right? So it's like an ex-boyfriend or like um, there was like a comedian that was known for, you know, touching little girls or grooming them, which interestingly enough was played by, I think, Chris D'Elia. Uh, yeah. Who yeah. like... Mm-hmm. Who got I canceled think recently. June after yeah. was like canceled for grooming young mm-hmm. girls. So anyway, that's a little fucking weird. Um but he ends up like killing him to protect this little this this girl. Um, and so, you know, long story short is that he kind of meets his match and marries her because he had to, because she got pregnant with his baby. Um, prior to marrying her, he had a knife to her throat. But um, they moved to the suburbs to start over, and then the whole fucking cycle starts all over again. Yeah. Um this but yeah. fucking show. Um I mean, yeah, what I think is interesting about it, and mind you, every season has its own theme, which I find intriguing, but is also, I think, a good sign of, of a good show. What do you mean uh, by theme? 
So it's like the first season is like kind of introducing him and his like antics and the obsession, obsessive behaviors and like how he he's trying to to sort of toe the middle line between being a good person, but also like having these obsessive compulsive like behaviors. Um, and then the second season is him divulging further into that narrative, but then the whole finding his match in love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is sort of seeing toxic patterns sort of build up um, and things having to come to an end. Uh, but anyways. I thought it was really cool that like the way he was like the good guy, the good guy, the good guy, the good guy, just cleaning up her mat, her mm-hmm. mess, right? Constantly. And like, she yeah. was the bad guy. And he was like, no, I'm going to do this for my son. I'm going to get out of this life. I'm not going to like kill anybody. Yeah. I have to whatever, I have to be a good person. But then it all fucking blows up in the end. And he yeah, yeah. It like goes right back to his old habits, right? Yep. yep. It's all, it's all very interesting psychologically. Um, how we see him evolve, but also devolve in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but I also, so kind of going back though to some, my initial thought was, I thought it was interesting sort of the premise of social media as a tool for Joe to be able to stalk his victims. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got me thinking and really kind of asking the questions in, in my head around like what led, like what leads to sort of the psychological makeup of someone being a stalker, since I'm sure many of us have used social media to try and track data on someone we knew, you know, whether it's like someone new we're dating or, you know, an old fling or like old high school friends, et cetera, et cetera. And B, like it kind of got me thinking like has social media led to an increase in dangerous sociopathic stalkers out there? Like I just remembered the beginning scenes of the first season, the first episode of the first season where he, you know, got obsessed with Guinevere and he, through the, um, the receipt was able to like backtrack and like find her information and then go through her socials. And based on like where she took a picture in front of, he found out where she lived. Um, And the fact that she didn't have any sort of lock mechanism on both her phone and her laptop, which I was like alarming and also not realistic. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I thought his tactics were a bit alarming. I was like, Oh my God, like how much information is out there that I have that could like give someone you know, tools and resources to find me. Like that's kind of oh, scary. We're fucked. I know. And considering the fact that we just made our Instagrams public, like public. my Instagram is in private for, I don't even know how long. And every day, not every day, like, let's be real. Not that many people are following me, but um, like, you know, every couple of days or weeks or whatever it is, when I see someone, I'm like, oh, I didn't like, how did you follow me? And I'm like, oh shit. I took the yeah. privacy, whatever off. Um, but it's so it's funny because I think I may have mentioned the story, but I'll tell it again because I think it's really relevant how, um, you know, my husband is just, he is like the best social media stalker. I mean, not, not Joe Goldberg level, but he's really good at finding people. Part of that is, you know, just professional experience, but literally. Um, but anyway, he, you know, one of our friends was like dating some guy and, you know, she knew his first name and they'd gone on like one or two dates and we were like, what's his deal? Like, is he really like traveling for work or what do we think? Do we think he's a sketchball? Cause you know, we have no fucking life and that's what we do. And we live vicariously through other people. So, um, I was trying to find this person for, cause we knew like enough about him. We knew what he did for a living. We knew mm-hmm. like 
a particular show. So he's in the industry, right? We live in LA. We knew a particular show that he was involved in. And I was like, oh, this has got to be a piece of cake, right? I spent like an hour. Mind you, I should know how to do this. And I don't. I'm awful at it. So for my job. And um, so I spent like an hour and I came up with absolutely fucking nothing. And Mark was like, what are you guys doing? And so we told him, I'm not kidding. About four and a half minutes later, he knew like, the name of this guy's like company. He knew like, like his whole resume, what he was doing. He was like, Oh, he lives in Culver and bull. And I was just like, first of all, so fucking proud of myself that I have just frauded my way, like defrauded my way to where I've been, where I am in my career, which is not that high, but you know what I'm saying? Right? Like I made it thus far and clearly I'm shit at my job because I should know how to do that. But I was so impressed. And like, there are things that you can do. Like you can literally take a picture. Let's say I snapped a picture of you right now. You can like drag it into Google. And like reverse search. Reverse search. Exactly. You can like do x-ray searching. You can do all these things. And I mean, that is just, yeah. And like, that's not like an actual stalker story, but imagine if you were actually like motivated to stalk someone like Joe Goldberg was. Whereas like, you know, back in the day you had to like see the person and then like follow them and that's so scary. Uh, it, it, yeah, that it happened to my mom. She was, uh, yeah, she was stalked when I was like, was like eight, like eight to ten, something like that. Yeah, some guy like loved the fact that she was a female tubist, tuba player. I don't know what you even call them. Oh my god, because so yeah, because you know that's fucking normal, right? Like she's like, <laughs> anyway. Um, and so she like played in this like band at her college. And because, you know, my mom went to school after she had us and um, like he would like stalk her, like follow her to her car, like try to get in the car with her. She had to have like a restraining order and all those things. So super scary. Yeah, super scary shit. And then his name was David. And like one time I was like backstage while she had a concert because childcare, I guess we didn't have childcare at the time. (laughs) Um, and, uh, and, And yeah, I remember she was like, Alina, walk. And like I was like with my mom while like this stalker was like following Holy us. Shit, that's so, so scary. scary. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like none of these stories surprise me, and I'll tell you why. When I was doing the like research leading up to this episode, the numbers are fucking alarming, like really alarming. Um, so an estimated six to seven point five million people are stalked in a one year period in the U.S alone. And that's just US numbers. It's not worldwide numbers. Nearly one in six women and one in 17 men have experienced stalking victimization at some point in their lifetime. About half of these victims have been stalked before the age of 25. So like already that's problematic as fuck. Um, And the statistics just kind of get worse from there. Um, According to recent research, stalking has actually increased due to the pandemic. Um, Essentially- Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, let me get there. So the slowdown, right, that like led to an increase in the obsessive behavior and has also increased like mental behavioral issues. Um, and here, also here. face mask. Oh, seriously, here, here. Um, but like for these people in particular who have these obsessive, you know, obsessive behaviors, it increased tenfold. And then they're on top of that, add that they're bored. So what else are they going to do with their time other than obsess over their victims? Um, and then also face masks, coverings, it allowed for an increase in anonymity. So, oh my God, that's so fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. And the problem is, is like, you can't tell the cops like, oh, he was following me. I know he was. It's like, <gasps> did you see him? 
or her and no, because they're wearing a mask. How could you tell that it was them? Like I got into a rabbit hole of shit reading all of this. Like it is a lot and reading people's personal stories is even scarier. Um, And then what's even more alarming, I think is like how they create this kind of empathetic picture of Joe. Um, when about 81% of women who were stalked by a current or former husband or cohabitating partner um, were also physically assaulted by their partner and 31% of them were sexually assaulted. So there's like also this like, mm, they're kind of like glamorizing it in some degree mm-hmm. um, with like the portrayal portrayal of his character and some of like the empathetic ways in which they've written his story. Yeah, I do think it was a little bit of a mind fuck, especially this particular season. Yeah. Right. Where you're like, no, he's going to like go look at him. He's turning a corner, blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, oh, just kidding. Um, what, like, what do you think creates this obsessive behavior with like a particular like person of interest? Like, is there something that leads to people becoming a stalker? Or do you think it's like a mental thing? Do you think it's just it's- boredom? I mean, there's several, so lots of studies say different things. Some people say that there's a correlation between or an association between people who have, um, what is it, like multiple personality disorder or like BPD. Um, Also people who have um, certain mental illnesses or mental disorders. Um, It's it's, like TBD, like a lot of the theories and the, uh, reports in the analysis, like some will have correlations and then some will say, well, the other 50% of them don't have any mental disorders or any, you know, mental illnesses. Um, so therefore like there is no one size fits all for the stalker profile. But what I will say was interesting was one of the, um, essays that I read or one of the researchers, um, or studies that I read was done by Paul Mullen back in 1993, where he looked at 145 diagnosed stalkers and proposed that there were at least five stalker subtypes. So, um, okay. And what was interesting is that there's like a profile that they kind of fit into of like the type of stalker that they are, but not necessarily information as to why these people become stalkers. Um, okay. So he boiled it down to there's like the rejected stalker type, which they've experienced an unwanted end to a close relationship. Um, and anytime they try to reconcile it, you know, it was a failed attempt. So they therefore seek revenge. So that's one type. There's the, is that like, sorry, is that like the one where like they might like hurt the person? Yes. hundred okay. percent. Um, then there's the intimacy seeker, which the, you know, they find a person, they identify them as their true love and begin to behave like they're in a relationship with them, AKA very much like Goldberg, Joe Goldberg energy. Okay. Um, then there's incompetent, which is similar to the intimacy seeker, but they're very much aware that their victim isn't reciprocating in any way, shape or form. Um, they're seen as like socially awkward and intellectually like limited, um, and given their ability to comprehend and carry out socially normal and accepted courting rituals, their methods are seen as often counterproductive and honestly frightening. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. All of these subtypes are frightening in and of itself. Yeah. But, um, Where, but it, like, it sounds like like the intimacy seeker one, they might be charming, right? And they might actually like, yeah, yeah. the woman to, or sorry, the victim to be interested 
I think the- Whereas this one is just like, like you're a fucking creep. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. I think for them, it's like, they know that the person doesn't, isn't reciprocating. Like they're aware of that, but they just are still pursuing and going after them, even though there's like clear signs that this person is not into you. So like non-consensual coming after the person. That makes sense. Um, Then there's the resentful type, which scary. Um, So they experience feelings of injustice and desires revenge against their victim rather than a relationship. Their behavior reflects their perception that they have been humiliated and treated unfairly and they view themselves as a victim. As a victim of what? A victim of humiliation. Like basically, how could you do this to me? Reject me. Oh, which kind of falls in line with some of the other theories that researchers have said that some people who are stalkers tend to have like narcissistic um, personality disorder, you know, okay. where it's like, where it's like all about them, you know, it's all about me, 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 me. How could That's you like humiliate me. me? How could you like do this to me? Um, they feel like the person has done an injustice to them. Got it. And then there's the predator type. They, this is like so terrible, but they're essentially, they have no desire for a relationship with their victims. Um, only all that they want is a sense of power and control. And they find pleasure in gathering info about their victim and fantasizing about assaulting them physically and most frequently sexually. Like, and you want to know why I was depressed least. today. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that this is like the least frequent one. Mm. I mean, it sounds like it's, They didn't give statistics as to, you know, what was the makeup um, in regards to the 145 of these, like what was the percentage makeup? Um, I also don't think 145 is um, an accurate sample size, but you know, how many people are actually out there diagnosed as stalkers? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I would hope to God that the predator one is a very small sample size. um, And that to me denotes like actual psychological um, concern. Like, Someone who yeah. clearly has like mental, you know, health issues that needs to get. I mean, all of those within this type, they clearly there's like some mental health concerns, but in particular for the predator, like I would even go so far as to say like sociopathy, psycho, like psychopath, like tendencies potentially. Yeah, I feel like the one that you think of, like I think of when I think of the word stalker is the intimacy seeker. Yeah, 100%. Like right. it's very much like Joe. Yeah, it's like it's more like I think of a obsession. I think of like a desire when mm-hmm. I think of stalking, which is really fucking scary. Yeah. You know, I think the kind of going back to the show, um, I think the only reason why Joe gets away with what he gets away with is because he's like deemed attractive. I know you don't find him attractive, but he for a lot of women, he, you know, Penn Badgley, the actor who plays uh, Joe, you know, he's deemed attractive and very non-threatening. Um, and I'm going to say something and it is going to make me very unpopular. <laughs> I'm pretty sure after this. Um, but I think it needs to be said, um, you know, someone I know used to make this joke, which can be interpreted in all sorts of ways. And they would say it's only considered stalking if the person is ugly, which angers me but also in my head kind of makes sense. And I think the reason why it makes sense is because our society really caters to more attractive people. 
like you have studies that were done in like 2005 and even recently that saw that people who are more conventionally attractive were given like 10.5% higher salaries. For example, you know, being attractive typically, you know, raises your social and communication skills. Um, another study found that good looking CEOs bring better stock returns for their company. Fun fucking fact. Really? Yeah. And there's, stu- yeah, and there's studies about that too. Um, so it's almost like there's a connection with like social trust and how our brain like equates attractiveness to trustworthiness. Um, and I think that's why he gets away with what he gets away with. I mean, what do you think? Um, okay. Sorry. I have a lot of thing, like a lot of questions in that. So the first one, I think that Joe gets away with what he gets away with because he's so fucking conniving and manipulative. And, and I think it's, I think it's the non-threatening thing. Yeah. Um, and because like, like he covers his shit so well, but also he and you plays to people's psychological stuff too. Well, like, yeah, there's so many scenes in the show which I thought was really interesting, where he in his head and we hear his thoughts in the show for our listeners who may not have watched it. Um, there was one scene I think in season one where he's on his way to Peach Salinger's house when Beck is there after she yes. got attacked, and it's the cop stops him. And he's like, okay, how can I get away with this? And he's just like, oh, I'm going to play the pretend rich East Coast prick type and invite him out to the thing. And he's going to see me as non-threatening. And he's going to perceive me as just like another rich prick. And he plays on people's psychological like frameworks of like how our society works and how people are viewed to such a degree. And I agree with you. It is like emotional manipulation, 100%. But it's so fascinating to me to see how he plays and preys on people Mm -hmm. in that way wild yeah no no i i agree i I think it's just like he's like mastered Mm -hmm. the art of it right um i think the fact that he's so successful at it Mm -hmm. is because he seems like attractive he's Mm -hmm. charming he's smart he's intellectual he pays attention he listens like things that you know you want Mm -hmm. um in regards to like you know everything that you that you shared about attractiveness impacting, I guess, everything in society, right? Like everything Mm -hmm. from fucking stock price to people's communication skills. I agree with that wholeheartedly and whether it's right or it's wrong, like that's, you know, neither here nor there, but I feel like you're going to hate me for saying this, but I used to say like, I like just really pray to God that my kids are attractive. And the reason for that is because I think being attractive makes your life that much fucking easier. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm so I don't hate you for saying that at all because I, there's a truth to it. I hate to say it. Like our society deems attractiveness and equates it to a lot of things that I don't think it should be equated to. It's like equating it to like goodness, trustworthiness, like charismatic, like. So yes, but do you agree that it does not equate itself to intelligence? I feel like generally speaking, right? Like, and I do this too, which is awful. But, you know, sometimes like you see someone and you're like, if, if she's beautiful or mm-hmm. he's beautiful, and you're like, oh, and they're actually really smart. Like, why oh, yeah, is it, and they're like actually like really smart. Why is it not like, yeah. and they're smart. Like, they're so smart. It's yeah. like, like, I know, I, like, I know you wouldn't think this, but they're really, really, really intelligent. Yeah. That's weird, isn't it? Like, we mm-hmm. don't equate but, beauty with with brains 
Well, I mean, that's the whole point of this fucking podcast, isn't it? I know. I, this is a really fucked up story. Um, one of my good friends, her, she was dating some guy, her ex, whatever. Um, and he was very much against, um, sort of title nine and all of these things that allow for people of color to kind of, you know, have more opportunities. And he said to her one day, he was like, Oh, Maddie is too. And mind you, like, I don't deem myself as like conventionally attractive. Like there is a level of like, yeah, I'm pretty right. Like I get away with things in society. Sure. Like I'm willing to admit that, but, but he was just like, Oh, Maddie is too pretty. She probably only got into Berkeley um, because, you know, she's Brown. She's Afro-Arab. That's the only reason why. So it was like he and she fought tooth and nail with his ass. Like when I tell you that this was one of the reasons why she broke up with him, like I'm not kidding. <laughs> like she, I don't even understand that comment though. Like what does that even mean? thought that because, you know, there's like this whole thing of, you know, some people like to make the argument like, oh, you know, my spot went to someone of color because there's a quota that they need to hit kind of thing. Oh, and so yeah, he yeah. was saying like, oh, Maddie's so pretty. Like probably I bet you the only reason she got into Berkeley was oh. because she was Afro-Arab. That's it. And she was like, uh, are you dumb? Like, I mean, have you clearly. talked to her? Like, um, and so it's, it's so interesting now that you say that, like I'm reflecting back on several moments in my life and it's like, wow, that's, that's very, very true. Very, very true. A lot of people I mean, even that. like, I feel like working in the industry that we work in. Yeah. Are you not always, not always, but like, are you not more often surprised by like the young, attractive male or female that's actually like smart? To this day, I, I still do it. Like, I'm not going to lie. It happens. Like, no, for me, it's like dependent on like how they act. I think for me, it's almost a little bit in reverse. Like when I see a, this is going to sound so terrible, but like overly charismatic dude, who's like way too young to be in a director level role at the companies that we work at. I'm like, oh, it's, he's like one of those, like, who's like super charismatic and like super attractive. And like, that's, you know, one of the, maybe probably one of the reasons why he got where he got to. Um, but I don't think of it the other way around where it's like, oh, this person's like dumb. Like, oh my God. No, I I've never done that. I'm usually one to be very patient with folks. And then once they prove to me that they're an idiot once and I'm like, you're an idiot forever. Oh, so you know, I'm the opposite <laughs> where I'm like, and I'm sure people think that of, like of us, like of me, where they're like, oh, she's superficial. And because I, because I think I, I come across as, you know, I have a very particular personality type and you either fucking love me or you hate me. And I think more often than not, they don't like me. Um, like there's like this running joke where people like, people put it this way. I made it, I made a joke in like a team meeting about how I'm always like angry or aggressive or something like that. Like I'm a bitch mm-hmm. and everybody laughed. Oh, wow. and, I, and I was like, I was like, how on brand is that? Or like something <laughs> or like, I don't remember what I said, brand exactly, is that. but like yeah. everybody laughed. And I was like, Oh, cool. Thanks okay. guys. So you all really do think that of me, which like, I don't actually fucking give a shit, but um, it's just funny. But yeah, no, I um, see. I think I fall into the whole, like, I assume that you, don't have the natural ability Mm. as someone who I feel like maybe this is awful, but like I sometimes feel like 
people who had to actually like work their way to get to where they're at. To what they, yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's so shitty. I can't believe I'm that person. I mean, teach them. And I think I've been judged before. Oh, and like you just said, you've been judged, right? So it's like, I think that's part of why, like, maybe I also like equate that because I've experienced that on my own, you know, journey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Like, I know you didn't like me originally because of like rumors that had been spread. Well, that was a different, that was a very different situation. Like literally I went into that and I had a completely different perspective or like I had a preconceived notion of you as being like a fucking weirdo that had to drop out of your sorority because, sorry, I don't know if that's like touchy, but like, no, I don't because like that. you didn't get along with anybody or something like that. And I was no. like, oh, I just a bitch because I love my sorority. So I literally dropped out of my sorority for her viewers. I dropped out of my sorority because they wanted to milk me of like $5,000 while I was going to study abroad for a year in England. And I was like, fuck no, I'm going to use that 5K to go and actually travel while I'm in England. Besides, you know, like I fucks with who I fucks with and it's a very small percentage of the women that are here. So yeah. I'm good. Bye. And that was the reason why I did it. And it's so interesting. It makes I had, total sense. Yeah. And I'm really jealous that you studied abroad. That's the only regret I have in life is but not like, studying abroad. You've also like lived and worked abroad. So it's pretty equivalent. And you have money because you are working abroad. So you had money to actually travel and do things versus like scrounging around, having to stay at hostels and shit while you're studying abroad. Fair, but it also would have been super fucking fun to like experience that, like at that point in my life. Whereas like, honestly, you know, it's so interesting is that the reason why I didn't go abroad is because I didn't want to miss out on like formals and like oh, my sorority stuff. Cause like, I, I really enjoyed my experience and you know, I still like, yeah, just went to a bachelorette party with one of my sorority sisters going to her wedding in a couple of weeks. And like, I just like, I feel like I, I also think I just had a different experience than you did, but I also went to a very different school where, yeah. you know, UCF isn't exactly Berkeley and I feel like Greek life probably had a different ring to it if you will but don't get me uh, wrong greek life was like the social life but i also think that there was a part of me that felt like not that i didn't fit in but i just became started becoming the mama bear for everyone like interesting like every time we would go out and do socials with other frats and stuff like it would just be like me having to like keep an eye out on everyone and i really amount of times where boys and these frats were like keeping an eye out on the ones who were really fucked up. And I was the one who had to babysit and hated me for it, but it's like, I'm doing the right thing. Fuck you. Um, and secondly, I just felt like there was this sort of like stereotype that started to pop up um, for the girls because we had our house was dating the boys in KA. And so we became known as like the KA whores. And I was like, mm, I'm not down for that. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's First just like a all, layer of drama I was yeah. just like not into. So I was like definitely not the mama bear. I was the fucking drunk bitch that got called into standards every single <laughs> every single week because I was young, like you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were young in college for a different reason. But I'm born in you know later in the year, and so I was like the last one to fucking turn twenty one but I was the only one that had an ID because my sister is older than me. Oh my God. Um, nice. Oh my God. It was the best because I could literally rattle off the information. Like it was my own. 
Oh yeah. Cause it was my address, my address I grew up at. It I was like my sister's birthday and it was my sister. Like, so it, it was so natural, but anyway, uh, no, I, I, I used to, I used to get in trouble. <laughs> no wonder they didn't give me any fucking leadership positions. They actually like my jury. I wanted to be the rush chair. I loved rush. I loved it so much. It was torture, but I loved it. And they literally told me, or they, they like, apparently they didn't vote me in because they were like, no, she'd be a tyrant. <laughs> that is hashtag. I hate fucking hashtags, but like hashtag on brand. That is on brand. Very but on anyway, brand. anyway, I could see it. Yeah. I, I would not want you to be sort of like the rush chair. Fuck that. Yeah. I remember being on the other side and I was just like, okay, I'm tired now. And they're like, put on a smile. Let's sing our little chant. Oh my God. Like, the oh, door chants. She's fucking crazy. <gasps> oh my God. If I could go back to, to it's up. so funny now that I think about it, like you are clearly perfect for that. Like that, it just like fits you to a T. And I think back now, I'm like, Maddie, you didn't know yourself at all back then that you really thought that you could fit into this this world. No, I disagree. I disagree wholeheartedly. And I think that people assume that like, I don't know. I think it depends. I think it depends on where you land. And like, so it's funny because Mark, sorry, I don't know how we somehow start talking about Greek life. Maybe we should have done this. But like <laughs> Mark, you know, before he met all of my friends, he was like, I fucking hate people who are Greek. Like you guys are such losers. You had to buy your friends. And I was like, you're just a fucking hater because you played video games for fun. And like, like stayed in your dorm and never got laid. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. Like don't hate on people who made an effort. Right. Then he met like all of my friends from college that are, you know, primarily from my sorority, but I had friends who are not Greek as well, but, and he was like, Oh, they're actually really cool. And I was like, yeah, they're really like, no shit. cool. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, yeah. but, but I think that there's like, and I think a lot of, a lot of Greek culture is like, you know, what you think it is, but I don't think that it's always like that. So anyway, I digress. We've gone off on a fucking tangent. Yeah, Back to you. One final heavy hitter for you. Mm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Do you think that their portrayal of like a stalker, which is what Joe Goldberg is, mm. is irresponsible? So that's a, that's actually a really, really good question. Um, and I don't know how to answer this. I think one part of me is like, yes, to some degree, because I think they do over glamorize it. I think the fact that, you know, Penn Badgley is this, I know once again, you don't find him attractive and I'm sure others don't, but a lot of women do, um, like making him like super duper attractive and like sort of creating this empathy of him as a character of like here's his background story this is why he acts the way that he acts he's trying to be a better person but then he still ends up killing people and like as you know as you as both of us know he has a very long list of victims yeah but the other part of me you know having gone through a lot of this research I think it's actually critical that this story be told so because there's so many people out there who have been stalked and a lot of people don't understand the psychological turmoil, who don't understand the actual um, experience for the victim. Um, and I think it's supposed to open up a dialogue. And I thought one of the really great things that happened um, with Penn Badgley on his personal Twitter is when people started making these like memes and jokes 
on how, you know, like, oh, I'd let like Joe like stalk me or I'd let Joe fuck me or whatever it was. Like people getting really out of pocket of like, oh, I'd let him kidnap me and like murder this pussy, whatever it is that they used to say. Oh my God. Yeah. Like people were getting out of hand. He literally would retweet it and be like, he's a killer. He's a murderer. You wouldn't want that. Like he was doing his due diligence of being like, you shouldn't glorify this man. Like he's not someone to be glorified and trying to put people in their place in a sense. Cause I get it. It's jokes and memes, but this is a, like, this is a very common thing, unfortunately in the world stalking and it can have some pretty serious ramifications for the victims. Um, yeah. Yeah. And sort of the legal framework around it is fucked. Um, which I know we didn't get into, but like the legalities around stalking is, is quite horrifying. Um, and so, yeah, so there's part of me that's like, yeah, it's kind of irresponsible. Then there's also part of me that's like, I think the story needs to be told. And I also think Penn Badgley did a really good job of, you know, kind of telling people like, mm, you shouldn't like over glamorize yeah. this shit. Well, I think he's great. Like I, I like him. I don't necessarily think he's like hot. I I don't know. Maybe it's just remember his Dan, him as Dan Humphrey, who he apparently <laughs> thinks like Joe Goldberg is Dan Humphrey. Dan Humphrey is Joe Goldberg. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. I like funny. saw this. I saw an article um, where he was just like, yeah, I think it's almost like an extension of that same character, which I thought was interesting. interesting. But, um, I I I like him as a person. I think you know he seems like he's like a good guy and intelligent and and all the above. And so I'm not surprised that he was like retweeting and like being like, Hey guys, no, no, (laughs) like this is like, you're not supposed to like this man. He's not a good guy. So on and so forth. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know the answer either, I guess, as I'm like thinking about it, I think, I think there's the intention and then I think there's the interpretation. Yep. And I think that like, unfortunately, sometimes we as a society skew a little bit, you know, Mm -hmm. too far in one, one way. And like, maybe don't take shit like this seriously enough. Um, But yeah, I I think, I think it's really well done as Mm -hmm. a show. And I, I'm interested to see like, what does this mean? Because I still think that Joe comes out looking like a hero in the end. Like he killed love who killed all these people. And he was on a path to, you know, doing the right thing and taking care of the baby. So I wonder it like, is that going to, is he going to continue on that path? Or I mean, he clearly is not right. He's clearly going to continue to kill people. But well, I think what was interesting is that he gave his son away. And I thought that was the only anchor for him and like trying to be better. Um, and to a degree, it used to be love too, but um, as we all know, that did that wasn't the case towards the end of season three. Yeah. Um, I know that there's a season four in the works um, that just got approved. Yeah. Uh, however, I just I, I it's kind of funny because Pierre and I, when we were watching it, he was like, "It's literally the same cut same. and paste tem- template every season." Oh yeah, I'm, I'm like, kind of over it. Yeah, it's like how far can you really go with this? So I'm I have a feeling the fourth season will probably be the last season unless they come up with some insane twist. I thought the twist was gonna be in season three. I thought love would be the one to kill him and then like love would kind of take the story moving forward. So I was really surprised that it ended up being um Joe that ends up killing love and then his story continues. But we'll see what happens. I think the other thing that I would actually like to see potentially in this season is one of the things I loved in season one was when they had the perspective of Beck. 
um, sort of the victim's perspective. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And we lose that in season two and season three. And so I think it would be really, really interesting to kind of have that play. Like, for example, Marianne, even though she ends up like going free, it would have been really cool to get like an episode with her um, as a victim. Um, And yeah, so I'm hoping in season four they do that because I think that it's a very powerful platform for the message around stalking. And I think that they could use that to their advantage by really giving a voice to the victims of these types of behaviors. Um, And I think they it was a missed opportunity in season two and three. Well, I feel like you need to flag this to Netflix. So Netflix, if you're listening, that was a great fucking idea. We'll tweet Um, you guys. we, We will tweet at you. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic in the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye.